This is April 11th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Well, welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, and well, the best time of the year is upon us. It already started, uh, well, actually, as we record this, the playoffs haven't started, but they are starting Wednesday night, so by the time you listen to this, they will have already started. There would have been five series that have kicked off, but your Boston Bruins kicked things off on Thursday night against a familiar foe, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Second season in a row that they'll play them in the first round of the playoffs, and the third time in the last six seasons that they have squared off against their division rival in the opening round. We will get to that in a bit, but right now, I'm really psyched to bring on a former Bruin and the goalie who manned the pipes for the Boston Bruins the season that I started covering the Boston Bruins uh, back in 2001-2002. They had a heck of a team there last year. Of course, those damn Canadians got in the way uh, in the playoffs, as they have so many times in the past. Uh, But he was the goalie uh, for the 2001-2002 Bruins and for seasons before that as well. And, of course, that's Byron Defoe joining me here on the Bruins Beat. Byron, how you been? I'm great, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked, man. Yeah, as I was saying, I mean, I guess I'm making us both feel a little old there. But, uh, yeah, you were you – were <laughs> that was my first season there. I'll, you know, I'll never forget that. You know, obviously, uh, breaking into the business. And I grew up a Bruins fan actually watching you a bit, so I – I will admit at that point I was quite nervous, but, you know, as you get into the job, it just, you know, becomes more of a job and you get used to it. But um, let's look back on your time in Boston before we, you know, talk some playoffs here. Uh, you know, obviously some, some great success uh, as a Bruin for you um, as a goalie here in Boston, and, and you played with some, some really good teams. Um, I mean, I know there's probably so much you want to say, but if you can sort of, narrow it down and, and tell our listeners, you know, sort of what you took away from uh, that experience playing for the Boston Bruins. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough to get five seasons in Boston and, um, you know, I got traded from LA to there, which uh, you go from a, you know, a, a cool place to live being Los Angeles, but you go to a true hockey market and uh, anybody who grows up in Canada, you know, they love playing in, in true hockey markets and that's what Boston is. But, uh, no, I, I loved my time there. Um, my, both my sons were born in Boston. Uh, I have a lot of great friends there. And, uh, you know, there's a good chance at some point once my boys leave the house that my wife and I would think about moving back because it was just such a, uh, it's a, such a great city. I mean, you talk about the city of champions. Holy cow. <laughs> it was a ton of wealth in the four sports going on there. But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it, it's, such a great hockey market and and you know what's what i've been impressed with just over the years obviously as a fan now is just you know it's obviously great to see them win the cup and uh also get back there again and and then you know who knows this year they're uh seems like every year they're they're built with a chance to win and and what a what a pleasure for the fans uh, of boston to have that right now yeah it is and you know you, you talk about them being the city of champions and you were here when that really started, when, when kind of the, the New England Patriots started the, the run of titles here, uh, when they beat the Rams there, that was uh, during the 2001-2002 season that I just referenced. Um, 
and you know, I just remember. I, I think actually you guys might have, no, no, you didn't have a game. You were off that day because I remember actually seeing Nick Boynton <laughs> out in a pub uh, during during a parade. But just the parade and everything, and I <laughs> yeah, Nick Nick and I had some fun back in the day. He's a good man. Um, but just you know, I guess when you were here and you you witnessed how crazy that city went over that. Uh, what was that experience like? Was that when it really hit you what a sports city you were in? Yeah, without question. I mean, you know, unfortunately when I was there, you know, we missed the playoffs a couple seasons, which, which really sucked. And, uh, you know, we had injuries. I had injuries. There's lots of things going on. But, you know, even I remember, I guess it was my second season there, we beat uh, Carolina in the first round. And uh, just the excitement that, you know, came out of Causeway Street after that week. I remember clinching that home and uh, going out for a couple pops after. And, you know, it was no big deal. We just won the first round. But it's been a few years. And uh, you could just see the, the want in the fans. And like I said, I can only imagine what it was like when they uh, won the cup a few years back. And and it's uh, it's just such a such a treat as a player to be around fans like that. But let's look at just that season, too, Byron. You had an amazing season there. It actually hit 30-win uh, plateau three times uh, in your career here, and that was the third time there. Um, when you hit, you had 35 wins that season, 2001-2002. You guys were really stacked uh, up front there. I remember just, you know, you had uh, Billy Garrett and Glenn Murray. Uh, still had Sergey Samsonov uh, really in his prime still. Um just talk about Thornton. Yeah, Joe, Joey Thornton was starting to come into his own as well, and uh, it, it seemed like everything was kind of pointing in the right direction. And like I said, those damn Habs, they seemed to do so many times <laughs> to rail the Bruins. I mean, I, I thought going into that series, I mean, I, I figured it would be a tough one. You know, the Montreal Canadiens are never going to get on easy, but I figured you'd win. But then this uh, this kid by the name of Jose Theodore had other ideas, eh? Yeah, I mean, I, I look back on that series and I try not to think about it because for me personally, you know, it wasn't the best series for me. But more importantly, I mean, Theodore just outplayed me ridiculously. I mean, uh, you're right. We were stacked. I think we had uh, over 100 points that year. Uh, we were top team in the East. Uh, everybody was picking us to, you know, hopefully get to the finals and, and, and us included. I mean, we, we all thought we had the type of team that could do it. Uh, you know, Billy Guerin, Jason Allison, I mean, you named it. We had a ton of offensive power. Yeah. And, and, and Rolston, yeah. And then we come up against this kid, Theodore, who I think he won the Hart Trophy that year during the regular season. And, uh, you know, he just, uh, he, whether he got in our head or, or what, it was, uh, just one of those games, it was a fairly low-scoring affair and, and not from a lack of effort from our offense. I mean, we were pumping 40 shots a game at him, and, and he just wasn't letting him in. But uh, I, I think it, it stung twice as much because, like you said, it was the Habs. That's the nemesis for Boston, right? Yeah. <laughs> no one wants that to happen. Yeah, I hear you. And, uh, you know, you go on the rest of your career there. Uh, you end up uh, – I remember, did you end up in Washington after that? No, you went by the Atlanta, that's right. Okay, that was it. Yeah, Atlanta. Which, uh, speaking of non-hockey markets, uh, what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was, uh, you know what, uh, obviously not a hockey market to the point where they lost their team to Winnipeg. But, uh, you know, for me at the time, uh, you know, I was in my early mid-30s, uh-huh. just had two boys. 
And uh, it was actually a kind of a refreshing place to live. It was people down there really nice and, and uh, great family atmosphere. Yeah, but it was, uh, you know, yes, the hockey was not the greatest. We didn't have strong teams. Uh, I had injuries, so, you know, as far as the professional side, it wasn't the best memories, but we sure met a lot of nice people, and, and uh, again, you know, every every year is a journey when you're when you're playing professional sports, and, you know, I can kind of just take those three years that I was there and put it in my, my repertoire, and it helped shape me and my family to where we are today. When you were in Boston, was there a, a coach, a player, a trainer, um Someone that that really had a, a good, you know, imprint on you or a good influence on you as a player and as a human being. Is there someone that stood out to you? Well, without question, my my favorite all time coach, and I had some great coaches over my career, uh, was Pat Burns, and you know, God rest his soul, he uh, he he was amazing. I mean. Uh, Talk about a straight shooter, no head games, just stand-up guy. Uh, hard, very hard. He got the most out of his players. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get almost three years with him there. And, uh, you know, he was uh, he did great things for that organization in my, my mind. Um, you know, as far as a player, you know, I played with some great – I got to play with Gretzky in L.A., which was pretty cool. But Ray Bork, he just uh, – he's the epitome of what a, a Boston Bruin – is and and should be, you know, his work ethic, his leadership, uh, you know, how he's grounded and, and, and with the fans, you know, just a, a true role model. And uh, so I loved playing with Ray um, and was really happy to see him get a cup. I wished it was with me in Boston, as I'm sure he did, but it was nice to see him hoisted anyhow. And, uh, and as far as training staff, unfortunately, I spent a lot of time with the trainers and, yeah. uh, Tony Del Negro, who's still there. I don't know how many years he's been there now. But, uh, again, just a, a quality human being. You know, you, when you, it's a tough job, right? You're dealing yeah. with guys that aren't playing because they're hurt and you're trying to get them back and they're, they're depressed or they're down. And, and he's the guy that would kind of, you know, spend those extra couple hours with you a day, making you feel good about yourself and trying to get you back on the ice. So, um, and that's just a sample. There's so many good people around the Bruins organization. You know, it's interesting you bring up Bork there, and you were there when they had to uh, unceremoniously trade him away. But obviously, you know, as we all knew then and after, they were doing that to give him a shot to win it, which he'd go on to do the next year in Colorado. But just take our listeners back to that. What I, I would imagine the word would be awkward, uh, sad. I don't know. There's got to be a few words that might describe that tough situation. But at the same time, you guys knew why it was happening, and, and I, I guess how did you send him off uh, when that trade went down? Yeah, it, it was a tough time because you know we were we were slipping back in the playoff hunt, and uh, you know it wasn't clear how long Ray was still going to play after that season. And you know, again, I I, I believe the trade was wholeheartedly done for Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we did get some, some young players back in the, in the, in the deal, but, uh, as a player, you know, you, you always want to be a better team each year and improve. And so it was tough to not only lose your captain, uh, but we kind of took a step backwards as far as how, how good our team was. And, uh, you know, so it, it's, uh, 
like I said earlier, it was great for him to have it work out, and, and I'm sure every player that played with him was genuinely happy for him. But a little frustrating to see him go and, and you know, you miss the playoffs and sitting there watching. <laughs> but you, know, you know, what's interesting is, you, you, you know, I'm looking kind of at the, the chronological timeline here. It, it didn't take that long, though, for you guys to get back to the playoffs or get back to uh, success. Uh, obviously, you wish you went a little further, but, I mean, you turned around and, and then that season came that we were talking about, and that was a really – you know, with the exception of the playoffs, that was a, a successful season there. What what was sort of that moment when you knew, hey, this isn't going to be some long process. We actually can turn this around. Was it because you had a young player like Joe Thornton that was on the rise? Was it because some of the veterans, like a Billy Darren or a Brian Ralston that came in? What, to you, what was the kind of quick turnaround point there? Yeah, you're you're right. We we were fortunate to turn it around and. I think part of it was uh, I think we were healthier. Um, you know, I mean, I know that I, I had some injuries those two seasons when we missed the playoffs, and not saying it's because of me, but, I mean, you know, when it was all put on me to play most of the games, we were struggling to find goaltenders. And uh, so that that's always tough uh, for the team. But, yeah, I think, you know, guys like Samsonoff and Thornton, um, you know, we, we brought in some great veterans and Billy Garen and Rolston, like you said, uh, and, and it clicked and, and, um, you know, that my last year there, uh, like I said, we led the East and, and, uh, was a really good group of guys. Uh, I believe it was Robbie Fatoric that was coaching us that year. And, you know, he came in and did a great job with getting everybody going. And, you know, you just, sometimes you never know, but it, it's, uh, at least it kind of seemed to, you know, cement what the Bruins have done since then, which is, you know, constantly put up great teams that have a chance to win every year and like I said what a treat for for Bruins fans to be you know not only a Bruins fan but any fan in, in Boston right now yeah for sure and, and and since then I mean what they've made they've made the Stanley Cup twice winning it once losing in six to Chicago um you know and they've had some really solid teams uh and who knows they've got a good squad right now let's get into that right now I want to get your take on you know, what you think of this Bruins team heading into the playoffs and if they have a chance to go far. I know that, you know, everybody's sort of already handed the Eastern Conference to the Tampa Bay Lightning, but as we all know, there's a reason they play the games, and it's not done on paper. They put it on the ice, and anything can happen in the playoffs. Uh, what's your take on this Bruins team, and can you see them going far? Well, I, I definitely think they have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, I think what's great about the league right now is, is there is a lot of parity. Uh, you know, even though Tampa won, what, 62 games this year, you know, in my mind, they're definitely not invincible. And, uh, you know, I, I'm excited for not just the Leafs-Bruins series, but all the series because, I mean, they're just it, – it's almost a pick em for half of them. So uh, I think it's be a very exciting first round. Um, I think Boston, is, what I love about the Bruins every year is they're always big, strong, and tough. And, you know, in my mind, recipe for success to go two months of playoff hockey is, hey, you got to stay healthy. And and the best way to do that is big, strong, and tough. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think I think one of the wild cards in my mind of, of uh, you know, an acquisition this year is actually Charlie Coyle. I think uh, – you know, he hasn't put up the numbers, I'm sure, that he was hoping when he first got there. Um, and, you know, to lose a Ryan Donato, who uh, 
who who is definitely a skilled player. But you know, it'll be interesting to see. Like Charlie Coyle's a big, strong kid who uh, you know I, I I can see him being a, an impact player come playoff time, especially against the Leafs. You know, I mean, I I would think he'd be a third line center, which is going to make it uh, you know interesting against what line he plays against. So. You know, I think the Bruins are built. They're ready to go. They're going to need luck. Uh, they're going to need to stay healthy. And, uh, you know, but other than that, I think they've got every chance to uh, get through that East, Eastern Conference. You know, I'm so happy you say that. I've been preaching that for the last couple of weeks here on this podcast and on other radio hits I do is, you know, people are all over this kid Coyle right now because the points haven't been there. But they, they didn't bring them in specifically for that. They brought them exactly for all the reasons you just said and, and the balance he gives to that lineup up front and the options he gives to Bruce Cassidy that, that weren't there before with Ryan Donato. And this is no knock on Ryan Donato. Ryan Donato is what he is and Charlie Coyle is what he is. And what Coyle is is what this Bruins team needed right now. They've got plenty of guys coming up the pipeline. You know, they've got a lot of good prospects uh, that really they weren't going to be able to keep all of them and keep Donato too. So, I just think that, you know, it, it suited what they needed, and Donato looks like he's found a home there in Minnesota, and I think it's, it's working out for everyone. I, I just can't understand why people continue to dwell on it, and I know if there's games, you know, in these first couple games, if they're failing to score, oh, well, if they had Brian Donato, they'd be scoring. I mean, look, Brian Donato's a great player. i got all the respect in the world for him, but, I mean, he's not, you know, uh, the second coming of Wayne Gretzky here. That's what you've been asking, right? Right. No, and, and, and like we said, there, there's two different seasons that happen each year, and that's the regular season and the playoffs, and they're completely different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're going against the Toronto Maple Leafs that are extremely talented uh, up front with, you know, basically three lines that can all score. And, and you know, that's where, again, uh, a guy like Charlie Coyle as a third-line center he could be going against a, a, a Tavares line or uh, Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't be worried about him scoring. You just want him to come out of that even or, or plus. Right. And, and he's done his job. And, and again, having a big, strong centerman like that is uh, a real benefit, I feel, for the Bruins just in the longevity. I mean, these guys are playing every second day for, you know, for what is it? 56 days. I mean, it's yeah. a it's a tough grind, and uh, that's where the bigger bodies really really come into play. But uh, you know, even even this first round series will will be a test. I mean, it's oh, yeah. uh, I know the Bruins have had their number, and and it's great. And, it, and it's funny. I, I'm up in Canada right now, so I was watching a Pro Leaf uh, station on TSN, <laughs> and you know they think they got a chance. Uh, I, I don't think so, but uh, you know it's. Uh, they definitely got the talent up front. I think their back end is gonna where they're gonna is gonna be the Achilles heel. Yeah, and I, I think Bruins will take it in six. That's my prediction. All right. Well, now let's get into the most polarizing athlete currently in Boston, and I don't understand why he just he's basically become the Rodney Dangerfield of uh, pro sports here in Boston, and that's Tuka Rask. And I, I don't know. You're out in Cologne. <laughs> I thought you paid attention, but. Man, they just shit on this guy nonstop, and it's like, what does he have to do? Is he all-time winningest goalie in the history of the franchise, an original six franchise? Um, you know, he's taken the team to uh, game six of the Stanley Cup final against Chicago. Um, I just, you know, I, I think the problem is, and I don't know if you'll agree with me, Byron, is that 
when he came in as the successor to Tim Thomas after what Thomas did in 2011, I don't think anyone was going to be able to do that because we're just likely never going to see a run like Thomas had. And people need to understand that you can't just flick some switch and go on a Tim Thomas run in the playoffs. A lot of things going to happen. Uh, a lot of things going to fall into place. And, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I just get so tired. I think he's one of the better goalies in the history of the game. Uh, and I think he deserves a lot more credit. And I think he has the capability to take this team far. I agree with everything you said. I mean, uh, not to take anything away from Tim Thomas, what he did was, you know, short of miraculous, and I think that's why it's still the best run ever in yeah. playoff history. You know, for a goaltender, you look at the numbers, and uh, you know, uh, that's superhuman. And you know, he couldn't do it again. He's so <laughs> exactly, it's very tough to compare that, and 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 for Tuca to come in and and follow that, you know, was a no-win situation. But, you know, what I love about Tuka Rask is that I think he's he's pretty even keel. He doesn't get too high, too low. Boston is a tough city on goalies. If, if you you know, if you can't handle it mentally, you won't be there long. Yep. And saying that, he's been there a long time, and there's a reason for that. Uh, the other thing I love about him is his durability. I mean, you know, you look at how many games he's played over his career, mm. um, you know, and how many he's been injured. It's uh, it, it just says a lot. And, uh, I, you know... Maybe until he wins the Stanley Cup, he won't get the respect he deserves. But uh, you know what? I think he's a gamer. I think um, you know he'll he'll come through in this first round, and you know it just gets easier—not easier, but you get mentally stronger as the series go on. And and uh, you know, unfortunately, as we all know, goaltending is the key position, so there is a lot of pressure on him. You know, but in saying that, having someone like Halak in there in, in the in the wings, obviously yeah. you don't anticipate him to play. But, you know, for the team itself, it's just nice to have a guy that's uh, been there and had play, playoff success as well. But uh, I, I think Tuchel will stand tall, and, and uh, we don't need to be talking about who's backing him up. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. As a goalie, when you look at Tuka, um, try to take us inside when you know in your head you're watching him and you know he's on and you know and then you know when he's off. What, what are the telltale signs that you see? Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is is uh, when he's on, he's aggressive, and when he's off, he I think sits back a bit and then gets scrambly, and you see him falling back a lot. And you know, fortunately, he's usually on. So, uh, but you know, he he plays big. You know, he he's not a Ben Bishop who's six six, but you know, he he looks big out there when he's confident and he's at the top of his crease. He's making the saves that, uh, you know, that he should make and, and making some that you don't expect him to make. And, um, you know, like I said, it's it's a tough position mentally, uh, especially in a, in a city like Boston. And, and uh, you know, you're going to go through your ups and downs. And, and you know, you just want to make sure that, uh, you know, come playoff time, you're, you're trending toward that up. And let's not forget, I mean, you know, he put up some pretty good numbers this year, uh, went on one heck of a unbeaten streak. So, you know, I, I I think Bruins fans should be pretty excited about uh, Tuca and the rest of the team heading into uh, Thursday's first first round game against Toronto. All right. Well, we're gonna uh, before I let you go, Byron, I, I got to do it because this is what I do to the guests, and I know it stinks, but gotta put you on the spot here. Uh, give us a winner in this series, and in how many games, and then uh, and then give us your Cup final. Uh well, I'm gonna take take Boston in six. Okay. And, uh, 
and you know the the west is just uh, uh who knows it's crazy um i i'm almost thinking that we're gonna see vegas back in there i really do i i uh i like nashville but i'm not 100 percent sold on their goaltending uh-huh. and uh theo flurry i just uh i love him i think he's he's such a gamer so i'm going with uh boston's gonna be meeting uh vegas and uh at that point, you can put it on black. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's just what shape with gold or silver, right? Yeah, there you go. I like that. And, uh, you know, hey, if that happens, I'll be happy. That means I get to go to Vegas. So uh, <laughs> I'll be down with that. Uh, well, listen, Byron, it's a pleasure. I'd love to have you on again. It was it was cool. Uh, thanks for getting back to me so quickly on Twitter there. And uh, like I said, I, you know, thanks for being good to me in my, my first year there when I was a young little uh, pup trying to make it up the ladder, eh? <laughs> Anytime, man. You know the hockey world. It's uh, some good dudes in the hockey world. That's, that's what's great about it. And, uh, thanks for having me on. Love to be on with you again. Sounds good. That's former Bruins and NHL goaltender Byron Defoe joining me here on the Bruins beat. We're going to close it out here. He was unable to make the podcast and, and talk to Byron and I, uh, but as he always does, he does a great job producing. He put together a little little playoff pump-up montage for you here. So enjoy this as the Bruins begin the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll talk to you next week.